0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Together for Families, part of Cornwall Council. This is our seventh parenting podcast and we'd like to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you that has listened in so far. But we'd also love you to help spread the word about these. If you know any other mums and dads that may benefit from what we're talking about, please do just share this podcast with them. And don't forget, if you have any topics in particular you would like us to cover, you can email me direct. That's jamie.read at cornwall.gov.uk. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot read, reed, R W D at cornwall.gov.uk and we'll try and include it in the coming weeks. Now this week we continue our discussion around adoption and hear from two parents who've adopted through Cornwall Council. We also discuss about the signs of exploitation as Cornwall Council launches a new campaign called See the Signs. But first we hear from Caroline on all things sensory.
1: It can be difficult to imagine what it's like to struggle with sensory inputs. I'd like to read you a piece written by someone with sensory challenges. It's called Just Imagine. Just imagine if what you are seeing, hearing, touching and smelling all came in fragmented and cannot be integrated, where each sense is competing for attention and not working together. A world where you have to block out all other senses to concentrate on one or that you use your peripheral vision only because looking directly at something is too overwhelming. Just imagine if you have to hum to yourself to filter out stimulations so that you could attend and think. Just imagine. Just imagine if you cannot sort out the relevant from the irrelevant details to focus attention on what matters. And then when one detail is changed, the whole picture falls apart. When nothing is familiar, because it's continually changing where there is never predictability to build stability where when a person changes her glasses, hairstyle or perfume you no longer recognise her imagine if you cannot distinguish faces and have to recognise others by how they smell and move where one day you know who you're talking to and the next day you don't When you walk into a room and do not recognise it because one piece of furniture has been moved or replaced how can you begin to feel safe and secure? Just imagine Just imagine sitting in a classroom where the flickering and humming of the fluorescent lights is giving you a headache The smell of the markers and the paste is making you nauseous The scratching and the screeching of the pencils around you assaults your ears and the hardness of the chair you're sitting in hurts your body Just imagine sitting in each class, anxiously waiting for the bell to ring and send your brain into a panic, where the sounds of the congested breathing from the person behind you is overpowering what the teacher is saying. You continually tap on the desk, fidget and hum to yourself to stay organised. Just imagine. Just imagine if you cannot concentrate on the person you are talking to just because her perfume is overwhelming you. Or the reflections bouncing off her necklace is calling your attention. Just imagine when you hear the words but cannot see the faces you are talking to. Or when you try to join a group of friends but the multiple voices drown each other into a mix of jumbled sounds. When you finally grasp and understand what was said the conversation has moved on before you can respond. Or when you know what you want to say but cannot find the right words or get your mouth to say them. Just imagine if you cannot understand the thoughts, feelings and perspectives of those around you. That you cannot read the expressions, gestures and actions simultaneously to understand the meaning. That you cannot read the invisible cues and unwritten social rules that help provide the backdrop for understanding what is expected. That you are always out of sync with others because you cannot listen, think and act simultaneously. The words coming too fast, too loud and too much for you to process. When the facial expressions do not seem to match the words you are hearing. When you guess wrong at what is expected and are confused by the negative reactions they incite. When you continually try and fit in but always fail. Just imagine. Just imagine you do not feel connected to your body cannot walk without looking at your feet or lose feeling of your body unless you are moving or tapping parts of your body against objects. When you do not feel the pain or are hypersensitive to any soft touch. When the clothes you are wearing feel scratchy and hurt. When you feel off balance when walking and have difficulty coordinating your movements. Just imagine if you cannot sense your internal body cues to tell you that you are hungry, stressed need to use the bathroom. When you feel like your body is not a part of you but an object that you have to manipulate, a body that can be a friend or an enemy based on the continuous confusing feedback, just imagine. Just imagine if your emotions are too strong and overwhelming for you to identify, label and control. That emotions come on like a tidal wave with little warning and ability to control. Your thoughts and feelings are not connected enough for you to make sense of them or anticipate when they are going to happen. Just imagine when you are so sensitive to the emotional auroras of those around you that you cannot identify if the emotions belong to you or others. When you cannot identify label or control, not just the emotions, but also your reactions to them. When you interpret all emotion as fear and panic at the first notice. When you are scared to feel, just imagine. Just imagine if the world is so unpredictable, confusing and overwhelming that you are constantly on high alert and anxious all the time. When you are on guard for the next unpredictable sensory assault or unexpected social demand. When the physical, social and task demands of your immediate environment are coming too much and too fast, your brain starts to shut down You lose the ability to speak and act purposefully and your body begins to hurt with pain. The panic overwhelms you with the need to escape when you scream, run or lash out in uncontrolled fear and rage. Just imagine. When you try to intervene, discipline or support what you see from me, please take a moment to just imagine what it's like for me in that moment. Once you can imagine you can begin to understand and learn how to support me. It is so important for my safety and security and to my emotional survival. Just imagine. We've all, I'm sure, can think of a time in our lives when we perhaps haven't felt our best and everything was either too bright or too loud and it hurt our ears or our eyes or perhaps we've had an item of clothing that was super scratchy or uncomfortable. Now imagine that all the time, when most items of clothing are uncomfortable or things are always too bright or noisy and caused you pain. How difficult would it be to get dressed or leave the relative quiet of your house and go to school? If you haven't guessed, in this podcast we're going to be looking at sensory challenges and some ideas that will help you start to think of ways to support your child. Before we start, I have a Did You Know Fact? did you know we actually have eight senses? The five people are aware of sight, hearing, touch, taste and smell, but also vestibular. This helps with balance and movement. Proprioception. This tells your body where it is without looking. And interception. This deals with internal messages like hunger, temperature or pain. So why do we have our senses? All the senses that I mentioned before tell us about the world and ourselves. Without them we could struggle to interact with each other, learn about the world and keep ourselves safe. We receive the information then our brains figure out what our senses are telling it and this works well but occasionally this process doesn't go so smoothly. Some children can be undersensitive which means they are seeking sensations because they don't get enough. This could look like they are fidgeting, biting their nails or clothes, they might really like hard crunchy foods or maybe even swinging from the chandeliers. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it to try and keep themselves calm and focused. On the other hand, some children may be oversensitive to sensations and find that the seams on clothing can be unbearable, that the sunshine's too bright and the sounds too loud. They can feel very stressed and overwhelmed. And some children might have a mixed bag, feeling both over and under sensitive to different things and this can change throughout the day and from one day to the next. Sometimes some children can become distressed and overwhelmed by sensory stimulation or they might zone out and not hear their name or when people are talking to them. They may become tired processing all that information or maybe want to run, move and make noise. Everyone is different and feels things differently, and this is okay, it's how we manage these feelings that matter. There are lots of ideas to help individuals who struggle with different sensory needs, like ear defenders, seamless socks, sports underwear which provides gentle pressure, and lots more. But today I'm going to look at ideas that you can do as a parent or carer to help your child stay calm that will be low or no cost. The first is movement. Some children need to feel movement as mentioned. They need this to stay calm. If they've been sitting still for a while, maybe doing homework, playing a game, watching TV, whatever, get up and have a move around. It will help them to focus when they go back to what they were doing before or when they're starting a different activity. A top tip here is maybe set a timer to remind them to take that break. Some children like to fidget with their fingers to help them focus. You can buy fidget toys. There are lots of different sorts. But as an alternative, you could use a small amount of sticky tack or Play-Doh. Some children like to chew. They could chew chewing gum rather than a chew toy. This is good for times when children need to be sitting and focusing, like watching a program on TV or in a lesson. While we are talking about movement, we must talk about exercise. Exercise is great for stress busting and a great way to keep our sensory system in check, especially if done every day. Reduce stress. We can't avoid stress altogether. And a small amount of stress can help some achieve things they might not have otherwise. But by looking at what we can do to reduce stress can make meltdowns and zoning out less frequent and perhaps last a shorter amount of time. Let's take some time to look at things that will help reduce stress. Having a routine. Yes, you've listened to past episodes of these podcasts. Routines seem to come up time and time again. But it is so important. Having a regular rough routine of the day will help children feel settled. They will know what to expect next and they will feel safe. You can reduce anxiety further by making it visual. Draw or print pictures of what you are going to do during the day. Sometimes just seeing it will reduce stress levels. Know your exit points. Sometimes just knowing how to get out of an activity or place can reduce worry and therefore a chance of a meltdown. Where can you go to feel safe? Where is it quiet? Have a plan. Perhaps it could be to go to a coffee shop and have a drink or go outside for a five-minute break. Whatever it is, stick to it. Saying five minutes more to your child might be the difference between staying calm or a meltdown. In a similar vein, knowing when something stressful or difficult will end will make it more manageable. Remember, some things you can avoid or change, like a firework display with its noisy bangs and whizzes, you can avoid or move further away to make it less intense. But there are some things you can't avoid, like baths or brushing your hair. By setting a time limit or by saying seven more brushes and counting down helps children live with an uncomfortable feeling. They might still look like they've been dragged through a hedge backwards, but your child will learn to trust what you say will happen. That the feeling is manageable and that there is an end. I've spoken about going somewhere to feel safe earlier. But have you thought about making a safe space? Somewhere your child can go, somewhere quiet, where no brothers or sisters are allowed. Somewhere they can chill out. This can be specially built under the stairs, in their room, or a den made from a couple of chairs and a sheet. They can have some cushions and perhaps items that help them to calm down. I know this has been a whistle-stop tour of sensory processing, if you need more information or you're worried about your child and would like to speak to someone, contact your local health visitor or school nurse via our Early Help Hub or talk to your GP. Takeaway gems for today. We actually have eight senses. People can feel under or oversensitive with their senses. And it's okay to be different to other people no one experiences things the same way.
0: Massive thanks to Caroline there. Now, there is a free resource that goes with today's podcast. If you'd like to download it, please visit supportingcornwall.org.uk for all the information and details. Next up, would you know the signs of exploitation? Did you know that exploitation can be sexual, criminal, or financial well Cornwall Council Devon and Cornwall Police Safe Cornwall and the Safeguarding Children's Partnership in Cornwall have launched a campaign called See the Signs Children's Rights Officer at Cornwall Council Catherine Enover explains more
2: There's lots of things to look out for and I think the biggest thing to really look out for is looking behind what a young person or child is presenting or looking out for something that's different or a change in, in what is happening. So there's lots of different things that you might might notice. So for example, are you seeing a child or young person that's travelling alone or late at night or or when they normally be in school or are they spending time with older adults that you think might not be their friends or family um you might notice that a child or young person is maybe carrying more cash than they normally would do or seems to be under the influence of drugs or alcohol so there's lots of different things to 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 kind of look out for and and that's really important that you pick up on that
0: I think the big thing about this campaign is the fact it's not just focused on raising awareness amongst the uh, kind of younger people but it's also targeting those people that are um Working in sectors such as as hotels, as taxi drivers, we've all got a role to play, haven't we?
2: I I think so, and that's what's really important. It could be that within your role of your work or going out socially although that's slightly limited at the moment you see children out and about and it's about thinking what might be happening for that child that 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 shouldn't be so are they going to a hotel why are they there what's happening for them are you seeing them getting on a train or hanging out at a train station or a bus stop what's happening for them who's who's the trusted adult they should be with and are they safe sometimes it's hard to imagine something happening that, that harms children or that children are getting involved with people that might want to hurt them or exploit them or trick them into doing something down in Cornwall. We think often of that kind of thing happening in big cities um, or in other parts of the country. But we do know that it is happening down here and that's why we have to be incredibly vigilant that that we know the signs, we see the signs, we look for what is happening and and then alert people to that.
0: The young people themselves, the effect it has with them is the fact that they think these people are on their side. They are there to help them. They are. They give them things. And that's where the exploitation can take hold, isn't it?
2: And that's what's so, so hard about this, because many young people have no idea. And if if they was happening for them they wouldn't want to but it's the way that children and young people are tricked into something and that's very hard because none of us like to think that that we might be vulnerable to something like that actually what we're looking for is friendship and fun and going out and meeting new people but that is what exploitation is 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 about it is about people being tricked into something and then once children and young people might get involved or they might know a friend who's getting involved it's sometimes really hard to address because it's actually quite embarrassing or upsetting or you think that it shouldn't be happening to you the point is it's not your fault if you know someone or it is you that it's happening to it's so important that you know that it's not something that that is your fault somebody has tricked you into doing that
0: um, obviously, we've got loads of resources that are available on the Safeguarding Partnership website and on the Cornwall Council website as well. What would you say to anybody who's looking at those and they've got a warning bell ringing in their head?
2: I think it's important if someone reads information or sees a poster or just has something in the back of their head thinking, this isn't all right, This doesn't, this doesn't sound right to me, I'm wondering if either myself or somebody I know is involved in exploitation, it's used the resources to look into to what it means and, and some of the signs that you'll see on the information that's available. And then talk to somebody trusted that you know there's the important thing that if you actually think, or you think that somebody is in immediate danger, you need to contact the police. But we also have our multi-agency referral line where you can call in and explain what you think is happening, to give information and evidence. And also, young people, if they feel com- uncomfortable talking directly to um, staff within the, the local authority within the council, it's important they could try and uh, they could phone Childline instead. And those kind of helplines are available.
0: Now, if you want to know more about this campaign, please visit cornwall.gov.uk and search for See the Signs or follow the link we put in the description for today's podcast. We are still supporting the campaign called You Can Adopt. The nationwide initiative has been trying to dispel the myths around adoption. And today we hear from two people that have adopted through our team here at Cornwall Council. One is a single mum and the other is from a gay couple.
2: We contacted Cornwall Council and then we went along to one of their information events um, just to find out more about what was entailed in the process uh, and find out as much information as we could in terms of how we went about adopting um, and just to find out if we were suitable candidates really. Uh, we then got all the information from that from that session, we went home, we thought about it for probably about a month and then contacted the council with all the paperwork and said okay, we're Ready, the entire process. You're you're really. Well supported. I cannot uh, thank the adoption team enough. They are so thorough, um, and it's. I mean, obviously, with the best intent, because it's all about the children at the end of the day. So yes, there's focus on you as adopters, but the the key focus is making sure that it's right for the children.
3: I've always wanted to be a mother and i knew i'd um be a mother at some point and i and i had been a career woman for a long long time and it just had never happened that i'd become pregnant i'd been married um wasn't able to get pregnant um and then uh that didn't work work out and i had um sort of years were passing and i'd hit 40 and i realized that actually if i was motherhood i had adoption had always been one of the things that actually was part of my um you know was part of the story that I thought could always happen so I hadn't even it wasn't that I thought I will adopt I just thought I could adopt because I worked in education and because I had worked with children who adopted and I'd gone through the adoption um supportive process I just knew lots about it anyway and so I kind of thought that if I was going to be a mother it didn't matter whether I gave birth or not and in fact the idea of giving birth wasn't particularly attractive to me anyway so um yeah So adoption was something that I'd always considered. I looked online. I looked about adoption. um, And it it was very clear that you could be any kind of family, really. And there were lots of different families that would be supported to adopt children. And actually, it was more about what you could provide. And I knew that I could provide a loving home. And I knew I could provide a secure childhood. So I was really supported. It's long. It is a long process because um, they need to find out lots about you. And actually, as a parent, um, it's a long process. You're you're pregnant for nine months, and prior to that, you're trying to get pregnant. But actually, I knew that for me, it wasn't about being pregnant. It was about having a child. So I had already been looking for adoption for many years. And and being a single person, it didn't really seem to be a problem. It didn't really seem to be a, a, an issue that I felt concerned about and as soon as i approached social um, services and spoke to them um, my social worker that i was assigned to or and anyone i spoke to was so supportive that i knew it wouldn't be a problem
0: don't forget if there's anything we've discussed today that you need help for or further information then you can visit our website supporting or go to cornwall.gov.uk and search for together for families that's it for this week thanks for listening and don't forget to hit that subscribe button until next time take care and have fun